Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, whatever time you are listening. I'm here with my co-host of Garage Takes, Brant. How's it going, man? Good, man. Good. Uh, we are on episode 10, right, Dave? We are on episode 10. What do you want to do for our anniversary? Uh, episode 11. That'd be okay. Great. So- sounds good. Sounds good. Hopefully we can get a few more followers after this episode. We're going to hit some Michigan football, the Lions, uh, a little bit of Pistons, actually, as the NBA season is starting to start off and then uh, wrap up with Brant's best bets, as always. Um, I'm going to hop right into it because you and I started talking about this the other day on our way home, and, and we're like, all right, let's 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 save this. Save this for the podcast. So let's talk a, a couple of things. First of all, Michigan State, you know, they, they inch out a, a close one against Indiana. Uh, they head into their bye week undefeated, and then they've got Michigan October 30th. Michigan coming off of their bye week, also undefeated, and now they bring Northwestern into the big house. You're potentially looking at a 7-0 showdown in East Lansing you know, on October 30th, but let's not get ahead of ourselves because Michigan against Pat Fitzgerald Always has me, you know, slightly, slightly on on edge. Northwestern has not been a good football team this year. They did beat Rutgers last weekend. Brant, what do you? So I guess my question is, heading into this game, I I'm not going to ask you about overlooking the game. I think both of us realize, like, let's win the game that's in front of you. But what does Michigan have to do to storm into East Lansing on October 30th and not limp their way to East Lansing off a, you know, hopefully a, a victory either way against a, a struggling Northwestern team? Uh, I think it, it's pretty plain and simple for Michigan on Saturday. It's going to be uh, run the football and run the football some more and then finish with the run. Yeah. Um, Northwestern well, North, got awful run defense, right? They're not a very good run defense. That's obviously Michigan's bread and butter. You're at home. You've got the good vibes. Uh, just do what you do well. Um, and as much as I would love to see JJ get some action or Cade wing it some, I think going about your business and doing things, uh, that have gotten you to this point so far is going to be uh, very important for this team. All right, so run the football, get the win, make it a convincing win. But you brought up something, and I'm going to – this is what we need to talk about. You said we don't – you know, J.J. or Cade. I, hold on a second. So here's the question. I know we've talked about this, it seems like, 10 million times about who should be the quarterback at U of M right now. You're undefeated. So why – you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I got a question for you. So right now you've got six games left, right? You've got um, MSU, you've got uh, Indiana, you've got Michigan, or I'm sorry, you've got Penn State, you've got um, Maryland, right? Ohio State. Did I name them all? Make sure I didn't miss any. I think so. Okay, whatever. So the question becomes, I, I know we talked about like, when's the right time to make a quarterback change or do you not make it at all? Like when do you unleash J.J. McCarthy? But I guess I'm going to ask you a a couple of questions, Brant. So first of all, Cade remains the starting quarterback. What do you feel like, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were talking about over under seven and a half wins. Michigan's going to clear that, you know, unless the the wheels completely fall off, which I don't see that happening. So now you're, you're six and oh, as it stands today, 
I think expectations have to naturally change about this football team where, you know, we're not just talking about winning a couple of key games. Now I think expectations are, you know, maybe anything less than like 10 and two is maybe a letdown, which seems crazy to, to think about. But when I play that out in my head and I'm like, okay, we're six and oh right now. So if we go nine and three, that means we go 500 down the stretch, likely losing some of those key games that Jim Harbaugh needs to win. So what's the floor right now for this football team under, under Cade, you know, under center right now? Like, what do you feel like is the, the worst I mean, the worst case scenario, give me a realistic worst case scenario. What's the floor right now with Cade at quarterback? Uh, Cade as our quarterback is nine and three. That's the floor. Okay. And the ceiling with Cade at quarterback, like what's the absolute best? Like, do you think they can run the table? Are we looking at a 12 and 0 team with the team we're looking at right now? The absolute best he can do is 11 and one. With a loss to? Ohio State. Okay. So you think that Michigan with Cade right now could they they could go 11 and 1. They could. I would say I would say that's like a 25% chance that even happens. Okay, fair enough. So let's say cuz you're the one who texted me and when I was coming out of work the other day and you're like What's the chance we see JJ McCarthy get his first start? Uh, you know, he's I couldn't they, help myself. He's the one under center, you know, when they take the field against Northwestern. I'm like, I are you joking? Or are you like, no, man. They would I love to see it? Yeah, I would. I mean, personally, I think everybody knows where I'm at with this. I'm ready to see JJ. Do I think it's gonna happen? Not a chance. But then I started like framing these questions. And it's like, okay, so the floor with Cade is three losses. What's the floor with JJ? Say you make that switch. So Saturday, JJ comes out. He's your starting quarterback. What? It, I'm not talking. Not a game by game analysis. What's the floor with that team with with JJ at quarterback? From what we've seen so far, ten and two. So the floor is ten and two. The floor is ten and two. So you actually think that they get an extra win? T- tell me a little bit more about that. I think that. He would be just so much of a game changer for a game at Penn State, at Michigan State. He would be the difference in in the win. He would would count for three points, seven points, whatever it is to put you over the top in a close game. Um, And I think great quarterbacks do that. And I think I have this belief that that would happen. And Cade just kind of hamstrings you a bit um, to maybe a three and out that shouldn't happen that JJ can extend a drive. Um, and, and of course there's some of this where Cade's only turned the ball over once. I understand that, but JJ hasn't turned it over. You know what I mean? And it, obviously he has not seen the amount of snaps clearly. And uh, there might be a growing pain here, here, or there, but I think his floor with this team is 10 and two, if he were to start. So uh, it, it's interesting. You say that thanks for breaking down why you feel like the floor is actually higher. I, the reason why I asked the question, because when I thought about it, I'm like, what is the floor right now? If you put JJ in, I actually think it's the same. Like the floor for me is, is nine and three either way. So for that reason alone, I'm like, okay, so if the floor, it, this is just my opinion, obviously, but the floor in my head is nine and three for both quarterbacks. You've definitely got higher potential in the future of Michigan football with JJ McCarthy. He definitely is going to give you the ability to, beat a team like you can't just game manage your way through like beating Ohio State like you need to have an electric offense 
I don't care how good the defense is. They're going to, and I know it's not the same Ohio state team that we're accustomed to seeing, but they're getting better each week. And, and so is a team like Michigan state. Like I, I I genuinely think like you're going to need a difference maker in there. And the only reason why I've been somewhat down on Cade recently, and I'm still a Cade McNamara fan. He's done nothing to really like lose my trust. Obviously, you know, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to get you wins. He's not going to mess up in these close games. Those are all really good qualities to have behind center. He's a leader in the locker room, but man, it seems like these last couple of weeks, like some, some of the throws, some of the timing has been off and, and like throws that he should be making, and if you're going to be a pocket passer that that really is not a threat on your feet at all, and you are a quote-unquote game manager, you've got to make those throws. And he's been missing them more and more. Is that, It almost seemed like he made them more early on in the season um, than he has lately. I know, obviously, the injuries to you know the wide receivers and not having Ronnie Bell, sure, like, they're, they're going through some growing pains there, but I just, he's not making those, those same throws. So like initially when I was like, stick with Kate, stick with Kate, stick with Kate, that's because I saw him as a really good pocket passer, not necessarily with some crazy good arm, but he could make the throws. He's been missing them. So at this point I'm like, okay, JJ, I don't know. I don't think you're going to fall off that much. Like I know Michigan fans are nervous right now because we've got this great like six and zero start, but this schedule is not getting any easier. And in even a game like Maryland, Indiana, like th- these games are not going to be throwaway games. I think the last throwaway game you have crossing my fingers is this Saturday. I, I think you, you should roll this Saturday, but beyond that, the schedule is not getting any easier. And I think this team's got to take that next step. Yeah, you might lose a, a game. You might lose two games with, with JJ. I mean, you're kind of rolling the the dice on a on a true freshman. But where this program is at right now, I, I'm ready for it. I, I'm here for it because I, I genuinely I think I've seen enough to to make that decision in my head to be like, yeah, let, just give me JJ. Roll him out. Let let's see let's see how that plays out. Dave, in the game against Nebraska, where Cade just overthrew Saren still and he had to lay out for it. Yep. And that was the difference between getting seven points and three points. Yep. He hits him on the money, strolls into the end zone. He misses him. And then the whole, you know, he falls, uh, the center steps on his foot and it's down and it's just a field goal. It's a nightmare, right? And those are the things that are going to cost you in a close game against the Michigan State, Penn State, or Ohio State. Yep. A thousand percent agree. So let's, let's play this out and say, you know, Michigan – wins i'm not even gonna say they roll they, they win this weekend we are setting up for an october 30th showdown in east lansing with potentially two undefeated teams our michigan teams um in college football michigan michigan state and my question is i'm just thinking like the recent years past i mean there's been games to get excited for but just in i'm i'm just thinking michigan football in general like a I feel like this could be one of the biggest games and most exciting setups for a game that we've seen in at least the last decade. Do you agree? Absolutely. I would almost compare it to um, there was a time that in college basketball, Michigan, Michigan state played for like the big 10 championship, uh, you know, the tournament, this is like comparable to that. A lot's on the line here. A team season is going to have uh, like being a rocket ship and the other one's going to be on a downward trajectory hoping and praying that you can pull something against Ohio state. Otherwise your season is new year six or Rose bowl at best. You know what I mean? So this game is, is 
for a lot of marbles, not all the marbles, but a lot of the marbles. And yeah, it's going to be must see TV. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a, it, it's definitely going to be exciting and, and nerve wracking all at the same time. But yeah, that, that, it, that could be one thing. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Kurt texts me. He's like, let's not overlook Northwestern. I agree. Let's not overlook Northwestern, but man, this seven, seven and O showdown. And also because there have been times when we're like, both teams were like five and O or whatever. That's still different to me than like playing this late in the season. It seems like Michigan, Michigan state normally play a couple weeks before uh, this time period. So the fact that we could both be undefeated with like huge ramifications in the season is just super exciting. So I, do you have anything else on that before I tease out? There is not one Michigan fan that's looking at Northwestern being like, oh, that's a real quick W. There isn't one. I can I can assure you after the last few years, there is nobody taking a win against Pat Fitzgerald for, for granted. Hey, I I agree. Trust me. I, I I'm I'm happy that it's at the big house, to be honest with you. Like yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hate that game at Northwestern, like the right. 330 kickoff at Northwest. Like I, I hate it. So yes, I, I'm ha- yeah, happy we're we're in the big house. So let's tease out something. If you've made it this far into the episode, um, congrats. Give yourself a pat on the back because Brant and I are going to be giving $50 away. Just a $50, make it easy. We're going to Venmo you, PayPal you, um, mom, dad, Gary, Rhonda. If it's you guys who (laughs) who win, um, you know, we'll just, we'll find a way to pay you. (laughs) But we want to do a fun little fun little giveaway for Michigan, Michigan State coming up, regardless of how Michigan Northwestern plays out. And it's all in hopes of us getting some more followers, but also getting you guys even tuned in and excited about the game. Guys, girls, like everybody can, can take part in this. And it's really simple. So what you're going to do is you are going to have to prove, first of all, for, from a screenshot on your phone that you follow this podcast, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, you name it, but you're going to have to show some proof that you follow us in doing that. You get to make a prediction. You can do it by texting Brant and I, you can do it by commenting on social media on Facebook or whatever. Um, but you're simply making a prediction. Who's going to win the game. Is it Michigan or is it Michigan state? And we're going to do that heading into the October 30th showdown. And let's say Michigan wins. Well, anybody who picked Michigan who won, they're going to go into a drawing. We're going to throw all those names into a drawing. Everybody's proved that they already follow the podcast. And then we're going to pull a name out of the hat. And let's say it is Curdy. Kurt, we're going to Venmo you 50 bucks and say, thanks for following us, man. Go blue. You know, same thing. Michigan State wins and, and people chose MSU to win. Uh, I'm going to reluctantly send you $50 in Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, whatever. Um, and I will try to, I will try to make sure that we, we honor that in a timely manner, although it will be difficult, but same thing. The whole point of it is we want to get more followers. We want to keep you guys engaged and just do some more fun stuff like this, um, you know, throughout our, our, our podcast. And and honestly, we've had a a ton of support from a lot of close friends and stuff. And we thought this would be a fun way, especially with the excitement of this game already to kind of get listeners engaged. So um, we'll, we'll be teasing this out again, obviously next week on episode 11 um, and on social media, but just wanted to put that out there to heads up of be ready to do a couple of things. First is prove to us that you are a follower of the podcast. And second thing, tell us who you think is going to win Michigan, Michigan state. It's that easy. 
yeah, it's going to be easiest to probably comment on the uh, post that we'll have. We'll have a post up uh, for who you think will win, and you just go on there and you you type in Michigan or Michigan State. Um, so, yep, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds good. Some some more details to come on that, but but be ready. All right, let's shift into the NFL. The Detroit Lions. I had the privilege of spending some time with my buddy Matt and going down to watch the ferocious Detroit Lions take on the Bengals last weekend. Brand, I think you had you had the Lions covering, didn't you? Like that three and a half. They were my only stinker of the week. I went six to seven last week. I even hit on the parlay, but uh, yeah, they that one hurt. Um, I was going to ask you, did you get to see Dan Campbell cry live? Was that a thing he did? I, you know what, man, I was so checked out of that game. Like early on, he could have cried. He could have kicked and screamed. And I, I, I would have been emotionless just like the rest of, just like the rest of Ford field. But man, there's not too much to say about the lions besides like, honestly, what like Jared Goff, I honest, I honestly don't know what to say about him anymore. Like, it's getting so bad. We're so like the first couple of weeks, it was, you know, even our friends were texting, like, see, golf's not that bad. Like, I think golf is a serviceable, a serviceable quarterback. I think we even used those words the first couple of weeks of the podcast. And now it's like, man, he just looks bad. And to the point where, like, I'm going to pose the question do you, at what, and honestly, I was sitting next to Matt at the game and he was like, at what point do you pull golf and just let David Blau take some snaps? Not that it's going to be any better, but like, at what point do you do that? At what point do you explore uh, Cam Newton, who's out there? Like, is that even the right move at this point in time? You know, maybe not, but like, this isn't working, and it's honestly getting it's getting cringeworthy. So, Brant, what what do you think? Like, what should the Lions do right now? Yeah, I think getting Blau some snaps would actually be beneficial, especially for Jared Goff. He just looks uninspired, uh, unmotivated, all of that. And this reeks of a story like two or three years from now after Goff's gone, whatever happens to him, cut, traded, whatever, uh, that he's going to come out and just be like, the Lions organization is toxic. I had a terrible time there. I didn't get the support I needed. Um, And that's just going to be another ding into the Detroit Lions long resume of people who have bashed them on their way out type of a situation. And I think it would be best to just pull him in a little bit, uh, let Blau have some time and maybe get re or get golf recalibrated or whatever you need to do uh, to try to help his psyche a little bit. Cause I I don't know about you, Dave, but you were in the building. I mean, was that building uninspired or uninspired? How could you be inspired, man? I mean, that game was, it was pitiful. Like that yeah. wasn't even, yeah. And, and that was kind of like what I was wondering, honestly, with, because I I've said it and I know you've said it too. Like, yeah, we can make a joke about Dan Campbell crying. I like the guy. I, I do. Yeah, no, He's passionate. I, he cares. He wants to fire up these guys, but man, I wasn't trying to pick on him by any means. Like right. I totally get that. He is invested in this a hundred percent. But I think that emotion can only go so far. And I think his team may have, that may have backfired a little bit. Like, Hey, why are you crying right now? We got months to go, man. Like this is, <laughs> this is not as bad as it might get. We're going to have to have you beat more even keel than just starting to break down week five. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I get what he was trying to do there, inspire him, and maybe just the emotion got the best of him. I understand that. But they did not react on that Sunday. And all of Detroit should be ashamed of what was on the field on Sunday. Really, it was a damn shame. It, it, it's what's tough, man, is like it's October right now. There's so much football left to be played. How are you going to get these guys excited to play football in December when it's like freezing cold and like it's just a miserable time to to be in like Michigan and you're losing, you're putting your body out on the line every weekend and this dude is telling you to run through a brick wall for him. I mean, you know, God bless him. I think he can only do so much. The roster is I mean the roster the roster is is terrible. So in a way it's like he knew what he was getting himself into, uh, but it is – I feel for him. I, I really do because you could because he does care, uh, and, and he wants this thing to work. He was part of this Lions organization. It's personal to him. Uh, I think he genuinely believes in what he's doing, and I want him to be successful. Um, but, man, games like that against the Bengals, like that, Dave, that is concerning. Dave, the – the thing that should be eye-opening to ownership and management is you got punked by the Bengals in your own crib. Like that, that should never happen to almost anybody. Uh, 31, what was that? 31 to 11 or whatever yeah. it ended up being Yeah, 34, 11, maybe, I don't know, but um, you got punked by the Bengals. Like they're not a class organization. Yeah. They've got a couple nice young pieces, but that's not a team that should beat you by three to four touchdowns going away. No. It looks like they called off the dogs in the second half. Like the second half was a snoozer because the Bengals didn't want to put 50 on them. Right. Yep. A, a thousand percent. I mean, it, it, that, that game was just pitiful. And I, I really, I don't care. Throw David Blau out there. I Jared Goff just looks like he genuinely doesn't care. So I'm, I'm over it. I, I know we talked, I brought up the, uh, the Deshaun Watson Watson thing before I'm still, I'm still in that camp, especially as you're seeing the, the rumors start to swirl about him getting moved this week. Um, I'm not going to hit that point again. That's just how I feel. I think the lions have to make a bold move, but another potential bold move of not trading for Deshaun Watson. Then I don't know if you saw these reports kind of coming out, but I want to hear your thoughts on it. I didn't toss this in the agenda. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So the rumors are, um, and it's been for a while that the Dolphins are heavily interested in Deshaun Watson, have the assets, have like whatever that uh, that the Texans want. They're like, that, that's a trading partner that the, the Texans want. But there's also a rumor that they're actually looking to do a three-team trade. Now, this is only rumors, so I don't know if this is true, but a three-team trade where actually they wouldn't take on Tua. Like they would just be collecting assets maybe like a dude on the defensive side of the ball whatever like some some a couple of players from Miami um not named Tua and some draft picks and Deshaun goes to Miami and you need another trading partner in there to make this thing work so if you're Brad Holmes are you what are you at all and we know the injury history of Tua we know he hasn't had the best start to his career are you making that call? Like, what are you willing to give up or not give up to be part of that trade and bring like Tua in as your quarterback this season? I'm not sure what you're going to have to give up, but Brad Holmes better be working. Um, he better be doing something because this is, this is unacceptable. Owens, even for the Detroit Lions, this is unacceptable. And I don't know if Tua is exactly a franchise changer, but he is showing more ability right now than Jared Goff has. 
Um, I mean, shoot, didn't he just pass for like 300 yards against the Jags? Yeah. I don't know his exact line or I don't have it in front of me. Uh, But I would say that Tua has been a very consistent quarterback. Um, And even if it isn't a good fit and it doesn't end up happening, Holmes needs to be reaching out and seeing what the possibility of that is. Um, yeah, just like I, the Texans are seeing what they can get from Deshaun and, and the Dolphins are trying to make a move for their franchise. So I don't think you sit on your hands here. Exactly. And, and honestly, like we've talked before, this upcoming quarterback class, like probably not the time to take spend a high pick on a quarterback. And so now you're at what point you're going to punt this out, right? Like you don't know, like you kind of got a rough idea how bad you're going to be this year and you're probably going to be picking in the top three. But that next year after, you don't know. I mean, who knows? They bring in some talent. They win five games, let's say. They're not pick, They're not picking in the top five. I'm just playing this out theoretically. And it's like at what point, like you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. You're not, I don't care how much cap room you have, you're not going to bring in a big free agent signing and get some big name quarterback to come to Detroit. It's just not going to happen. Either you are going to have to take a top 10 pick, spend it on a quarterback, it's going to take a couple years out from that to develop that quarterback, or you've got to find some trade partners. And, and I think that like right now is a sweet spot to like, you, you don't have anything to lose right now. This team is dead. It is all, like you said, this is even bad for the lions. Like I feel like you've got, if you don't have to give up too much, like I, I don't, I'm not for giving like multiple first rounds and what have you, but I would give up a first, I'd give up a, it's one you know, of the a, ta- a Taylor Decker. I'd give up a second round pick, thousand percent. Yeah, I mean that Rams pick is going to be 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Sure. So you know, yeah. toss that it, thing it, at him. You find your way to keep your pick this year. I'm okay with giving up that Rams pick and whatever. So okay, yeah, we're kind of on the same page with that. Like so- something's got to change. So let's shift to one of my favorite topics the Detroit Pistons. Um, and we won't hit this too hard because I know there's not a ton of Pistons fans, Pistons listeners out there. Uh, but the Pistons opened up their season last night without Kate Cunningham, you know, our coveted number one overall pick out of Oklahoma state that I want to see that I think everybody wants to see. He's been nursing an ankle injury. Uh, it's just a, a minor ankle sprain for the last couple of weeks. Detroit's playing it extra cautious and obviously so, um, I think that the they don't want to do anything that's going to risk putting his season in jeopardy or any type of long-term nagging injury. Sounds like he could potentially be coming back October 30th, uh, next next Saturday. You know, when they return home, they're about to go on a road trip now. They lost last night to the Bulls at home. And, you know, they've I think they actually have a back-to-back. Now they go to Chicago and play them next. Kind of interesting we don't have to go game by game or even talk about like that game against the bulls. But the, the reason I wanted to bring up the Pistons is because I'm so excited about the Pistons as an embarrassing Pistons fan that has watched them from when they were good to when they've been just terrible for the last 10 plus years. I've watched almost every game. Like I'm just excited to have some excitement around this team. Um, so Brant, as a Pistons fan, I want to hear your take first. Why should people, or maybe maybe you don't think they should, should the casual Pistons fan be paying attention this year? And and on the flip side of that, or coupled with that, what are you personally most excited for? I'm excited for, obviously, Cade Cunningham, but I'm also excited for the young pieces and seeing how they gel. 
Uh, you talk about Isaiah Stewart, um, you know, big beef stew in the middle there. He's got some moves. He's got a great defense. Um, a couple other guys, Sadiq Bay. He, he's, <laughs> he can, he's got all-star potential, Dave. And I know we talk about it offline a little bit, like, hey, he needs to play his role in the offense and do all these types of things. But he has star power to him. Um, and that's going to be really interesting to see this year and how that breaks out. Um, and then, and then I'm just kind of excited to see what Dwayne Casey can do, uh, in trying to get this team around the playoffs, like in the first three to four months, they're going to try to win games. Is that right, Dave? You think they're going to try to win games? Absolutely. Yes. Especially with Kate starting off, like you can't just come out and like tank or have guys sitting when you've got Kate, who you need to convince over the next few years to re-sign here when that time comes. Okay. So so all, all things considered, um, I think they're over under for wins this year was like 24. Mind you, it's an 82 game season. So um, that's pretty low for any, for any team. So I would hit the over on that. I think they're going to be over a 24 win team. I would place them anywhere between like 30 and 35 would be a very respectable year for Detroit. Anything around the 40 mark is going to be um, kind of shocking and, and very well welcomed by uh, all Detroit Pistons fans. So um, I would put them right around 30 wins. I do have a question for you, Dave, that you weren't expecting that I didn't work into the agenda either. Right. um, Off the top of your head right now, let's say Cade stays healthy all the way through the year, maybe misses a game here or there with a tweak. Uh, What do you think he averages per points? I think that Cade is not going to knock people's socks off with his scoring. I I think that he will... My, my predictions of his, his stat lines will be roughly 15 or 16 a game uh, with five boards, five assists, or maybe four boards, five assists, um, maybe, maybe higher on the, on the assists. It's just, I've got to see what's going to happen with him and Killian and how they're going to, who they're playing on the ball. But I, I'm, I'm going to roughly for easy numbers, say 15, five and five. And for those of you that might not know, that is a hell of a rookie year. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, something that would really probably get all the Pistons fans, even the casual fans, very excited. And, and they would probably get some primetime games at that point. Uh, do you got an over under on their wins? Yeah, I would take the over. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel like it was at 23 and a half wins or something. I would take the over, maybe not by much. You know, I think, I think a lot of people have been talking like, Oh, the Pistons are on the over Pistons are on the over Vegas knows what they're doing. Um, I think it will, it will be close to that. If they somehow really out, outperform that that's great um any step you can take forward is great if they get over 30 wins i'd be ecstatic i i don't necessarily see that happening but i'd be i'd be excited and the reason why i think pistons casual piston fans should be tuning back into this franchise is like talking about the lions and how just far away they are and there's nothing to be excited about like you're watching the wings right now with some exciting players, right? Like you're seeing Mo Sider, you're seeing Lucas Raymond, you're seeing these guys that are like, okay, like there's some excitement around this team, like these young prospects, even what AJ Hinch did with the Tigers this year, you're like, okay, like they're taking a step in the right direction. The Pistons are right there, like not close to competing for a championship, but what I'm most excited for is you have, three first round picks from last year that all are going to hopefully take a big step forward. Isaiah and Sadiq both had really good r- rookie years and you hope to see those guys take the next step. 
Um, and as their bodies start to fill out to be able to do the day, the night in night out grind against other NBA caliber players, they're both very good. Um, Killian Hayes, real, real big question mark for me. Uh, he's the, the guy I'm paying the closest attention to this year, but he's got a ton of potential. He plays really good defense. And I think in Dwayne Casey's system, that will keep him on the floor. He's got to be able to score or at least get to the line. Um, but I'm excited about Killian. He beefed up over the, in, in the off season. He got a lot of love from the coaching staff and the players like all throughout training camp, you know, who stuck out to you, who do you feel like is taking the biggest step forward? It's been head over heels for Killian Hayes. He looked really bad last night against Chicago, but it's one game. So uh, the jury is still out. I'm still excited to see him, but I'm stoked to see Kate Cunningham. He was definitely my favorite player in college basketball last year. And the fact that he ended up, I mean, we were talking about fade for Cade, like early, early on. And the fact that the Pistons got the number one overall pick and got Kate Cunningham. I mean, I'm ecstatic. Like I, I generally, I, I want to go to some games. I will be tuning in every night when they play. And I, I think that, if you are trying to get back into Pistons basketball, now's the time to do it. Like there are young promising players that are going to compete and play very hard and their identity as a team already, you can tell is defense that may drive some of you crazy in the world of the NBA. Now where it's just like who can score 120 or 130 points a night. That will not be this team, but they are, I don't want to say they're reminiscent of like early two thousands Pistons, the going to work Pistons, but they play hard and they play tough defense and they're not letting you get easy buckets. And I, and I love it. So I would say tune in, tune into the Pistons, please. Cause I need, I need to be able to talk about the Pistons on this podcast, at least for a couple minutes. <laughs> tune in. If you can, if you can't find them, it's because they're on Bally sports. Network oh. and they're not, don't even get me started. Dave knows I have a whole rant about the Bally sports network. They are not to be found on streaming except for outside of like AT&T. If you have that um, outside of that, they're on cable, but Cable is very few and far between, between a lot of people now. So they're not on YouTube TV. They're not on Fubo. They're not on Sling. They're not on Hulu. So uh, they are a tough watch right now. They're tough to find, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. So Bailey's, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, I don't know you guys get it together. <laughs> right. Yeah, please get it together. All right, man. Last segment, as always, Brand's Best Bets, episode 10, bring us home. Let's go win some money. Okay, Dave. So we're going to start off uh, with letting everyone know that I went six for seven last week. Um, like I said, I hit the parlay. That parlay was like a plus 450. So feeling really good. Definitely got the father-in-law a little bit of cash. So I know he's that, very that's happy. Always, that's that. always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it gets me a seat at the dinner table. That's for sure. Right. Um, so uh, we're going to start off with Northwestern at Michigan, the game of the week for Dave and I that we'll be locked into. Um Michigan giving away 23 and a half, a large number. It's only grown since it opened at like 21. Um, Dave, do the Wolverines cover big noon kickoff? I don't think so. I, I do think, I mean, I'm hope I'm hopeful that they win by, I, I would love for them to win by two touchdowns or more. Three touchdowns would be great. If they somehow win by like 24 points, I, I'll be surprised. Not, I wouldn't say surprised because I think they're clearly the better team. Just history shows me against Northwestern. That seems like a lot for Michigan to, to cover. So I will take uh, Northwestern with the points. I'll hit the Michigan cover. And one of the main reasons is we quickly talked about the Northwestern rush defense. They're just not very good, and their offense isn't very good. And I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think it results in some 
some three and outs and three and outs and three and outs for Northwestern that Michigan can finally really capitalize, gets the offense rolling. I think it's more than 24. Um, Ohio State at Indiana, big line, Bloomington night game. Uh, Indi- or Ohio State is given 20 and a half to Indiana at home. Big game for Indiana, who looked okay against Michigan State last week. Um, but the Buckeyes are kind of rolling right now, Dave. What do you got? Yeah, and because they're kind of rolling, I I just think they've gotten better like every week. Although they haven't really played anybody that like that good necessarily, but I think that I would take Ohio State to win by three touchdowns or more in this game. So I will take Ohio State to cover 20 and a half. I think Ohio State will not cover. I think 20 and a half is a weird number. Um, I, th- I think it could definitely be 14 to 17, but I think Indiana has kind of proven that they will stick around in games. Um, they're not to be blown out, really. Um, I'll, I'll take Indiana in the points. Um, SC at Notre Dame. This is another night game. Um, kind of a rivalry game, but no one really cares about it right now because USC is so down. Um, but they travel to South Bend. Um, Notre Dame is giving away six and a half. I've got Notre Dame to cover six and a half just because I think SC is just like that program is just so down right now. So down. They're looking for a coach. Um, I have heard James Franklin's name quite a bit now, uh, but he seems to always get brought up and never seems to leave. Um, I wish he would. Um, uh, <laughs> Mary, this okay, is uh, Urban Meyer's job. You know that as, as Jacksonville Jaguars come, come down burning, he will be there at SC with some new health problems, I'm sure, in, yeah. in your quotes. <laughs> uh, I'll take Notre Dame and uh, to cover the six and a half. Um, okay, switching over to the NFL, Lions at Rams. Uh, obviously, Detroit's traveling to see their old buddy Matt Stafford. Um, 15 and a half. Can the Rams cover that number? Oh, man. <laughs> I After watching what the Lions did against the Bengals at home, I don't. I don't see how, by the way, a 15 and a half point spread, just for those of you who are not used to like betting and all that in the it's NFL, crazy. that's huge. Like that tells you everything you need to know. I, quite honestly, I don't, I don't see how the lions can, can even compete in this game. I mean, maybe they will shock me because the Matthew Stafford, whatever they want to beat him and it will end up being a closer game than I'm anticipating but I don't even see this being close. Like I, I feel dirty taking like the Rams to somehow cover 15 and a half points, but dude, I'm taking the Rams with that. Dave, do you think there's going to be some lions fans that are low key, like rooting for the Rams or not caring if the Lions get blown out? Okay. First of all, there's 1000% going to be Lions fans who are cheer that will be wearing their Matt Stafford jerseys and just relishing in all of the playoff wins that he get. Well, I'm sorry that he never got them. Sorry. It's just a, but they just love this city loves Matt Stafford. And I I love, I love Stafford too. I know I make so many jokes about him, but 1000% you're going to have angry lion fan. That's just like, see, this the Lions curse. He went there. I love Stafford. And yeah, they'll, they'll <laughs> definitely be cheering him on. All right. I got Rams covering too. Give me the 15 and a half. I don't care. Get you could be 20, 25, 27. I'll take the Rams to cover. Um, Chiefs at Titans. Uh, two teams that are 
kind of in weird spots right now. Like they've kind of had a weird opening to the year. Uh, they're just starting to get rolling. It kind of seems like the Chiefs are up and down and the Titans can just unleash Derrick Henry on whoever they want. Uh, he's an animal, probably leading for the MVP right now, maybe. I don't know. Um, but Chiefs at Titans. Titans uh, are favored by four and a half. Are they really? Yeah. They're at home. Favored by – they did just beat the Bills. I, I know they did, and and King Henry, like, yeah. went off, and he has been going off. Um, God, I know I've been just picking the Chiefs, like, just because I keep thinking, like, it's going to start clicking. I, I, I'm, I'm going to roll with that because even if they don't win four and a half, I, if the Titans do win this game, I think it's by a field goal. I don't see them covering four and a half. I agree. Uh, you took my take right from me. If they win, it'll be by three, no more. So uh, give me the Chiefs and the points. Uh, Eagles at Raiders. Raiders uh, favored by three, obviously coming off. Maybe they don't need Gruden. I don't know. They spanked, uh, they spanked who they played last week. And uh, the Eagles were in a close game with the Bucks. it seemed like, at the end. Um, but three points, we got you. I'll take the Raiders to, to cover – three points because just because I do not think the Eagles are good. I don't think Jalen hurts is good. Not that I think Derek Carr is any better, but I think he is better. And, and Jalen hurts. I just don't think that he is good. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I think that it, they amaze me every game, how they managed to give Miles Sanders, like three carries a game. Like they just, their play calling is, atrocious like i think that they could be a they're not better, a, like they could be a better team than yeah, they are they're talented for sure but, but they're just not so for whatever reason like i, I will take the raiders because they're at home and i i just see them getting up more for this game and having a smarter game plan i don't yeah, know i don't have too many like different takes on that. i just <laughs> the eagles baffle me yeah, I don't know. The Raiders are such a weird team with losing Gruden and all of this, and they, they might play in spite of him, I guess, now. But um, I'm going to take the Eagles with the – and this could be a very much one, two-point game. Uh, I'll take the Eagles and the three points, and this very much could be a push as well. Like the Raiders could win this game by three, and you don't get any money. Yep. So um, I'll take the Eagles on that one. All right. So last week, like I said, we gave away the parlay numbers. Um, I tried to get Dave to, to bite on this one. This one was a little bit out, outlandish, but here are the three games I'm going after this weekend. Panthers at the Giants, the Washington football team at the Packers, and the Jets at the Patriots. Um, now, my parlay is for plus 972, which is going to pay you a lot of money. Um, but the Giants, the Packers, and the Jets all have to win. And these are just money line bets, so that just means that they just have to win. There's no spreads involved. Um, and I asked Dave for his three on it, and he told me he was just going to make fun of me for picking the Jets. So You're right. And yeah, 1,000% yes. Just so you know, I did come up with my own, uh, my own oh, three-team man. parlay. So go ahead. Get, so did you, you didn't give your picks on all those games, though. So we know you're taking the Jets over the Patriots. And I'm taking the Giants, and I'm taking uh, the Packers. So, uh, once again, mine, real quick, are the Giants over the Panthers, the Packers over the Washington football team, and the Jets over the Patriots. Yeah, I'd stay away from that personally. I mean, but it that obviously would pay well if that somehow happens. Um, 
I actually, so my three, my, my three games are Panthers at giants, uh, the Falcons at the dolphins, and then the Eagles at the Raiders. I am going to take the Panthers, not the giants. I think the Panthers win that game. I think they've got to bounce back. They've been struggling a little bit. Sam Darnold has come back to earth. I think the giants are just terrible. Um, so I'll take, I'm confident in the Panthers to win that game on the road. Um, I also am taking the dolphins to beat the Falcons They're actually underdogs in this game and they're at home. Don't think the Falcons are very good. So I'll take the dolphins on the money line. And then that Raiders Eagles game, I I'm just confident that the Eagles are not going to win. I'll take the Raiders on the money line. So I'm taking the Panthers, the dolphins and the Raiders three team parlay pay you plus 491. So um, not as big as a payout as Brant's, but I also think that this one is just a, th- this is a more realistic one, in my opinion, that could get you paid. I agree. It's, it's a little more realistic, but um, I just, I think the Patriots hearts were broke after that Cowboys game, man, did our Cowboys pull something off late there. Yes. That was a lot of fun. That was, that was a me, sweet that game. Was already the game of the year in the NFL. That was yep. awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that was, that was awesome. And obviously for us too, as, as Cowboys fans. So, all right, that's episode 10, wrap it up in the books. Uh, last thing, make sure that you subscribe and follow no time, like the present, especially with the free, I mean, literally this free $50, $50 giveaway straight cash to your account. Um, you've just got to follow us. Tell us whether you think Michigan or Michigan state's going to win. If you're right, you get tossed in a drawing Win yourself 50 bucks. Um, take it from Brant and I, I'm sure most of you would enjoy that. So, um, on that note, we will see you all, uh, for episode 11. It's going to be hitting that Michigan, Michigan state game. Very, very hard. In the meantime, go blue this weekend and we'll see you all next time. See you, Dave.